So I'm probably going to go to that website. Okay. Well, but I'm very, very interested in what's... You won't miss anything. Of course not. But I I know that they call it King's Landing for a reason. Uh, what I don't know is uh, who Jon Snow's mother is. But she's a fire. And I guess she's a, a Targaryen. I don't know. But... Well, I'm not. That's not what we're here for. I will. I will. So, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, today we are to discuss um, the NFC East as well as a lot of NBA signings. Now, in your neck of the woods, Jeff's team, the New York Knicks. Or is that yours? You or Jeff like the Knicks? My, my team. My team. Okay. Yeah, they look like they're going back to 2010. Dwayne Wade looks like he's he may be coming there. Joe Kim Noah signed. Derek Rose signed. You got uh, Parzingis and Mello. Is Phil Jackson putting together a, a, a good team? Or is this just a I hope we can be good because we all at one point individually were good, but we aren't a team yet. And oh, by the way, I have Jeff Hornacek as your head coach. What's up with that? Well, I think they're going to be a decent team on paper. Okay. Uh, They would be a, a, a lot better team if they, somehow squeeze uh, Dwayne Wade away from the uh, Miami Heat. That's the key to how well they, they think the Knicks are going to be. Uh, they got Derrick Rose, Joachim Noah, uh, Przingis. That's a pretty good, and I'm not saying that's an all-star foursome, but um, that's a pretty good foursome right there. Um, to add a, a closer like uh, Dwayne Wade on there, then it, that, that would, in my opinion, be a pretty formidable Team to go up against night in and night out. So that's what I'm thinking. Well, that brings that brings to, uh, that brings me to the question: you, you spend this money on these guys, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you have Jeff Hornacek as the head coach. Is Jeff Hornacek's not that bad. The, no, but. If we're looking at the style of play, you know what I mean. Uh, what or whom do you think is is? I mean, he's not going to run the triangle offense. He's not going to do that. Yes, he is. Really? He said that. He already said that. But that's that's not his style. He already said that he's going to run uh, uh, the the triangle offense or some form of the triangle. Trust me, that's what he said. Get it? I, I get that's what he said, but that's not what he teaches or what he does. He's an up and down the court type of of coach. I mean, half court sets and and stuff like that is not what he is known for. Not when he played with the Jazz, and not when he coached the Suns. That that's not what he's known for. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, I'm just going by what I I'm, I heard, and I understand what you're saying. Um, 
obviously, uh, Mr. Mr. Jackson brought him in there to run, to, in my opinion, to run the, the triangle or some form of the triangle. So uh, you really have to wait and see how um, the type of offense they're going to run. But they have to have the pieces in order to be able to run it uh, efficiently. So, and and they they got some pretty athletic guys and Przingis and uh, Derek Rose when he's healthy and Joachim Noah uh, among the, the the I'm just saying those those few. Um, Carmelo Anthony's not really an athletic guy. He's a He's more of a he's just a scorer, but he's really not an athletic guy. So, but I would have to think that that's what they get paid millions of dollars to try to get these guys to mesh together in the best possible way. Now here's the question: Who then mm-hmm. becomes the backup? That's the question. We mean, do they have money? Okay, right now there is no one set to be the. Uh, backup point guard, backup shooting guard, backup forward. Who who are they going to bring in on the bench? Because you know the money isn't going to be there for uh, well positioned players. Let me put it that way. You know it's going to be like either through the draft or through. Um, I don't even know who you guys drafted. Who who did the uh, did the uh, the Knicks draft? Um, if it's not a mistake, the Knicks didn't have a first round pick. It doesn't matter, but who did they get in the second round? Not sure. Okay. Okay. My point is they are they're going to be suffering at some point because of this. Now, it's okay because they're trying to do what Cleveland did. And they saw it took a couple of years for Cleveland to do that. Um, we don't know just yet what's going to happen with Cleveland. We know Della Vadova's gone. Mazda's gone. Um, and those are two key components. Iman Shumpert is still there. Uh, but the starting five is intact, at least for now. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with Kevin Love. But one player becomes the richest player in NBA history. And he's not even a world champion. So about Mike Conley. Mike Conley of the Grizzlies has a huge contract. Does he deserve that, Jerry? I mean, I got it, but does he for the for the Grizzlies though? Point guard doesn't make a difference what team he's on. It's a point guard, a very effective point guard, one of the better point guards in the league. Yes. That he, whatever he gets paid is what he he uh, deserves, and uh, since he's a very good point guard on both sides of the, the court, defensively and offensively, um, he gets paid that. Um, and because he's with the Grizzlies, I think he was with the Grizzlies, right? He just re-upped with them, right? Am I right about that? That is correct. He gets the max deal. Most of these free agents, if they re-sign with their team, they're able to get the max amount of money uh, versus if they sign with another team. So uh, the team was well on the plan, that's what he's worth. 
But I'm asking you, do you think he's yeah, worth he's it? Worth it. He's one of the better point guards in the league. Absolutely, young point guard that can that can get his own shot, can play defense. Absolutely, and and is a facilitator on the offensive side of the ball. So yes, he's worth it. Like I said, he's one of the better better point guards in the NBA. Don't want to let him go to another team uh, that would benefit from him. Uh, so they decided to give him a max deal. Uh, I, uh, this is just me. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I think Conley's a good piece, but the Grizzlies need more than just him to be a contender in the West. Giving him so much money prohibits them from, you know, making a move on on a top free agent, especially when you're a defensive team. You know, when when you're a defensive team, you you want people that are going to be, you know, uh, big, tough, and rough. There's nobody out there in free agency like that right now. I mean, do you think that this is something that uh, is worth it? You know, is this something that uh, the Grizzlies are are going to regret in the near future? Only if he gets hurt. Only if there's an injury uh, problem. Otherwise, he's a young uh, point guard. And I, I say this again. He's one of the better point guards in the league. They don't come uh, – there's not too many very good point guards like Mike Connolly in the league. And if you have one, you hold on to him. That's just like being a quarterback on a team. If you have a very good quarterback, you don't let him walk. You keep him because they're not um, plentiful. So it's the same, same, same concept, just a different sport. I can understand. Like Joe Flacco is not the best quarterback. Um, I also understand and realize that my quarterback is not the best quarterback. We're going to get to that in a minute, but it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous the amounts of money that's going around this year. Let me put it this way. LeBron, if he resigns, he he opted out of his contract. He's probably going to sign for a one-year contract. With max money, or with a, because the salary cap is supposed to go up substantially next year due to the uh, TV contract. Same thing Correct. with Kevin Durant, that he may do the same thing, because the contract, the TV contract, goes up substantially, and the salary cap goes. <coughs> excuse me, coincides with that. So, if it goes up, these guys are looking for as much money they can 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 get, because. Uh, you're the one. You're one second away from a career-ending injury. Not one minute. Yeah. Not one game. You're one second away from a career-ending injury. So you try to get the max amount of money and 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 maximize your your uh, your uh, money earning when you can. So I can't fault anybody for doing that. In professional sports, people resent it because oh, no. they, they are, are, going to, are getting way too much money. But 
It is what the market bears. Let me put it that way. Whatever the market bears, that's what they're worth. I agree. And and I I said a lot of stuff. I told uh, people that, yes, it's going to be Kevin Durant back in OKC for at least one more year. He and Westbrook will become free agents together again and uh, both seek out max contracts from different places. Um, now, it's all based on that, that money that, that uh, the TV contract's going to give. So it's important to understand that, you know, basketball is a business. No matter how much you play it, football, baseball, all that is a business. And as long as you are in that business, the object is to make as much money as possible. And, uh, you know, you'll deal with the ups and downs of a year as long as you make the money that you want to make. So uh, KD, he'll be coming to D.C., I hope, in a year or two, but not this year. Um, But you answered the question that I was going to ask next. But with that being said, is there anything you want to add before we move on to what's really going on? Not at this point. Not at this point? I mean, I, I saw your name up there. Yeah, I thought it changed. So I want to make sure there's nothing you want to say before you put your foot in your mouth. That's all I want to make sure of. What are you talking about? Okay. All right. I'm going to leave it alone. What? I'm going to leave it alone. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? I just want to make sure you understand that, that that's not what's happening. Even though you might have a slight lead now. It's it's all for naught. I will be okay, the we'll victor. See. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We, we will see because um, because second half of this season is where I, 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 it's not how you start, it's how you finish. That's all I can say. And how you start. That is true. Me, you, that is true. With that being said, let's head on to some bulls on parade. Carrying the ball 20 times a game requires power and valor, not niftiness. The waterbug and whippet backs rarely survive the wail and howl of the banshee. Stack defenses in the pros. They must meld the butt of a billy goat with a sudden surge of a sprint. He does not move with polish or slickness. His method is not Grand Prix, but demolition derby. And it's about that season. time. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a long season. Very, very long season. With that being said, let's talk about uh, a team that's going to be extremely popular this football season. I'm talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Assuming they stay healthy, Tony Romo and Des Bryant bounced back all the way this season. Romo hasn't played a 16-game season since 2012, so it's a huge gamble to think he stays healthy all year. With the Cowboys committing to the run, Romo's 2014 season probably isn't a good gauge of what his final numbers will look like. 
He played 15 games in 2014, passing for 3,700 yards and 34 touchdowns. Bryant, now fully healthy from a foot injury that slowed him last year and also finished somewhere around, excuse me, 2014 numbers when he had 1,320 yards and 16 touchdowns. But Bryant's success depends on how many games Romo plays. Now, here's the really big question. What sort of numbers are you expecting from rookie running back Ezekiel Elliott? I can tell you right now, with Derek McFadden blowing up his, his elbow from slipping from trying to catch his cell phone, uh, that's an unlikely story. Uh, whatever happened to uh, Morris, they're, they're, they're forgetting about him, but uh, we'll see. Todd Gurley averaged 85.1 yards per game last season behind an offensive line that had no pro bowlers. Right behind three pro bowlers, Elliott should average more yards than Gurley did. The Cowboys want to run the ball like they did in 2014 when they had 508 rushes and 476 passes. So it's not a far-fetched to think Elliott could finish with somewhere close to 1,845 yards. DeMarco Murray had that for the Dallas Cowboys that season. Now, how will the carries be distributed among Elliott and Alfred Morris and McFadden when he returns? Hmm. The Cowboys called Elliott a three-down back when they drafted him. They expect him to be a three-down back, which also means there will not be a lot of sharing when it comes time to give the ball around. Jerry Taylor, what say you in regards to the Dallas Cowboys? Welcome to Revelance, Dallas Cowboys in the NFC East. Just like you said, as the Tony Romo goes, so goes the Dallas Cowboys. I got to believe that Tony Romo plays at least 12 games. I'm saying 13 games, or at least. They're going to go back to what they were doing in um, the year that uh, DeMarco Murray was able to um, um, put up big numbers, the best numbers of his career. We had that same type of back. Maybe even more of a dyna- more of a dynamic back in uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, so that's going to protect Mr. Romo from all the um, pressures and problems that he had last year in staying healthy. And he had one of his best seasons, along with Des Bryant being able to stretch the field because they have an effective running game. I think uh, the Dallas Cow- Cowboys. Um, go back to prominence in the NFC East uh, this season. Um, that's my opinion. Okay, so they spent a second-round draft pick on Jalen Smith, who has nerve damage, and there has not been any sign of recovery. Was that a wasted pick, or is this guy just going to need more time to – to, uh, I guess to heal or attempt to heal because remember they're losing 
a lot of players for the first four to ten games of the season. Rolando McClain, Gregory, uh, it was somebody else that just got uh, blown up for ten games for performance-enhancing drugs. Say again? Marcus Lawrence. Marcus Lawrence. I mean, do you still have the sustainability to to win these games without some of these key players? Yep. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Is that based upon just the... Go ahead. I'm listening. Now, I was just saying, was is, is that based upon the fact that they'll have a strong running game and they'll be on the field, the defense will be on the field less? Or is that just yes. because you think, okay, well, the, I, okay. This is a combination of things. Des Bryant being healthy, Tony Bryant, uh, Romo being healthy, and having a back that they can go to just like they went to with DeMarco Murray. All three of those make a big difference in how the uh, Dallas Cowboys uh, handle, handle their business on the offensive side of the ball. And it helps to, to make up for the deficiencies on the defense because they're running the ball more, more ball control. They have the ball more and keep it away from the offense of the opposing team. Um, so, yeah, I'm going, I'm going by that. And, and um, I know that it's, it's a major hit of uh, all the defensive players that they have, but uh, um, they didn't have a real strong defense uh, when they had a um, a strong running game with DeMarco Murray uh, and, and had all three pieces, the quarterback, running back, and wide receiver uh, a few years ago. So you're really basically in the same situation. It's just the fact that uh, from last year to this year, all those pieces are healthy, including a, uh, a new uh, running back behind that great offensive line. So you think Ezekiel Elliott is going to be a great running back? If if Darren McFadden, with all his issues leading up to the year he came with the Dallas Cowboys can run over 1,000 yards, I got to believe Ezekiel Elliott can do a hell of a lot better than that. Okay. All right. Well, let's go over the schedule, which isn't, to me, that tough. Not at all. They did finish near the bottom of the NFC East last year, and this is a chance for them to uh, go from worst to first, in my opinion. Um, They opened the season against the New York Giants, At home. You know what I'm waiting on. When? Yes. Well, I know what you're going to say about at Washington. They lose. Oh, you surprised me. Okay. They, Chicago. I'm a fair guy here, man. You, you fail to believe that. It's, I have no bias against any team. Trust me. Uh, yeah, right. Okay. Home for Chicago at San Francisco. Win. Uh, Cincinnati. Win. At Green Bay. Believe it or not, these guys play very, very tough games against each other. 
But because it's in Green Bay, I have to say it's a loss. Then they go to a buy. Yes, and that to me, the buy is going to hurt them this early on. Week seven, too early. Romo will not have his injury until later on. Uh, but they come back and face the new-look Philadelphia Eagles. Not new enough. They win. At Cleveland. They win that. At Pittsburgh. Too much offense from Pittsburgh. They win. I mean, they, they lose that. Baltimore. Still don't believe in Baltimore. They beat Baltimore. Thursday night, which is, uh, excuse me, Thursday afternoon, which is Thanksgiving. Washington plays uh, a Thanksgiving game for the first time in a long time versus the Cowboys. In Dallas, they lose it. I mean, they win. Dallas wins the game. So they split. I don't know about that one, player. They split. They might split, they split. but I'll, uh, okay, okay. Then another Thursday night game following that Thursday night game at Minnesota. In the new dome. Yep. Trouble. They lose. At the Giants. Back-to-back way games against tough teams. They lose against the Giants. Home for Tampa. Home for Tampa and Detroit. They win both those. And they finish up at Philly. They lose that. I think they're going to split with Philly. Yep. Split with Philly. I always like in, That's in, interesting. In division rivalries, I always, if you notice it, I always like to, unless I think the team is overwhelmingly better than the other team, I always like to, to give them a split because it's, it's division games and it's just added against the two teams. So, that's why I um, I have them splitting because they're on the road against their division rival, one of their hated division rivals in the Philadelphia Eagles. I got to believe the Philadelphia Eagles uh, are going to be inspired regardless of what kind of record the Eagles have to play the division rivals last game of the season and go out on, on the winning side. That's why I'm seeing the Dallas Cowboys lose the last week. I can see that. I don't agree with it. But I can see it because I think – sorry, a little tired here. But I think that it's going to be a game to see if the Cowboys can make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to win the division. But I think they're going to be contention for the division, but more so for the playoffs as a wild card team. That's what I think is going to happen. But, you know, we'll see. Let's go on to your neck of the woods. We're talking about New York. Uh, let me hit lemonade one more time. Well, do I want lemonade for, for New York? Because they're already sour. But I'll do it anyway. Here we go. How do you see the carries being distributed? Who is the Giants' top fantasy running back this season? Will rookie Paul Perkins... Be a factor. Now, their running game has been a mystery. It really has. So, you know, there's a lot of questions in the air about the New York football giants uh, running the ball as well as their defense. But here's the question. Well, here's the answer. No one knows for sure if Ben McAdoo 
who abandoned last year's running back by committee approach. But things worked better last season when Rashad Jennings became the workhorse. There's no reason to believe he won't be a starter and the most productive back. Presumably, he get most of the carries with Shane Marine working in on third down. Beyond that, Paul Perkins has a chance to push the disappointed Andre Williams for a small role. Big question right here. Very big question right here. Victor Cruz or Sterling Shepard? Which wide receiver finishes with the most fantasy points? Cruz hasn't played in nearly two years, and at 29, he's trying to come back from two major injuries. Even a little production from him will be a bonus. So go with Shepard. He'll likely start uh, opposite Odell Beckham. Cruz's role, if he's healthy, will likely be small. I disagree with that. I really disagree with that. Larry O'Donnell or Will Ty? Here's the big question. Which of these two will be a reliable fantasy option this season? Neither is a great option because they might end up splitting time at tight end. They both did reasonably well and healthy, but still fall far short of the top tier or top two tiers of NFL tight ends. Now, in this question, Larry Donnell is the the answer to me. But Ty, Will Ty, he's last year shown that he can be a receptacle of dump-off passes for Eli, but not a major part of the game plan, if that makes any sense, which it did to me. What changes do you anticipate with the offense now that Ben McAdoo is the head coach? Not many. It was his offense the last two years. Tom Coughlin had input, but McAdoo ran the show and called the plays. He figures to be slightly less conservative than Coughlin, a little more uh, reliance on the passing attack, maybe some trick plays as well. Now, here's what I see with the New York Giants. I don't see them becoming last in the NFC East. I see them coming second last because there is no guarantee there is no guarantee that Shepard is going to be a reliable number two or even three wide receiver. I do believe Victor Cruz is going to bounce back. Uh, He is definitely the slot killer for the Giants. You put him in a slot against a safety or nickel cornerback, and he does extremely well. So on the offensive side of the ball, the two glaring questions are at tight end, excuse me, at running back and at wide receiver in a passing attack that's going to rely heavily on them. Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. can't do it all by himself. You can't throw with so many screens. Okay? I'm not sure be a winning formula for defense side of the ball. They've got some young talent. I do believe that's yet. Very good safety. You've got a Pierre Paul. Hurt his hand, gonna do, you know, certain things uh, for them. They resigned him. You know, they picked up Olivier Vernon. 
who did well. I mean, I was very surprised that he did not do as as well as he uh, should have down in Miami, opposite of Indominican Sue. I really am surprised that he didn't do that well. But, you know, talk to me, JT. This is your neck of the woods. They went and stole my IDP, my inside linebacker from the Redskins and Keenan Robinson. I mean, I'm just wondering, what's going on? Talk to me. Um, I just wanted to make a push for the NFC East this year. Uh, They were one of the better offensive teams. Um, Believe it or not, this past season, Eli put up um, very extremely good numbers, top ten if I'm not mistaken, um, in in fantasy in position. Um, Ben McAdoo uh, is is one of the reasons why he got elevated to the head coach position because of the rapport he had with uh, Eli and how productive Eli was. And they didn't want to – they wanted to preserve that. Uh, so he really had to push Tom Coughlin out and, and uh, really open up this offense even more, uh, which I am uh, in agreement with you that uh, Victor Cruz is going to be one of the surprise players. They're going to play, play him in a slot. I've said over the years when he was an active player, that is his best position in the slot. Um, and I think uh, – if you watch a lot of slot players, especially if you play uh, uh, PPR fantasy, a lot of slot receivers um, put up nice numbers um, because of the West Coast offense and trying to get rid of the ball as quick as possible. And the slot receiver is a very reliable um, outlet for a lot of uh, West Coast offense quarterbacks. So I think Victor Cruz is going to make a, a pretty good contribution to the uh, uh, Ben Mack. The offense, a lot of pieces on the uh, uh, giant defense, over $200 million worth, um, have to, uh, I would think, be extremely good, um, a better um, uh, improvement versus one of the worst defenses they had last year. Uh, I'm talking about the Giants. So I'm thinking the Giants are going to play a hell of a lot better uh, with a better defense and a top offense uh, that can move the ball and score points. A couple of guys, I won't talk about them now, but I think are going to make fantasy impact and going to be some surprise guys, maybe sleeper guys. Uh, and uh, going into the August next month, we'll be talking about the, I'll be talking about it on a master plan 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Sunday morning about uh, who I think are going to be sleepers in uh, various skill positions in fantasy. But uh, I think the uh, Giants have a better showing than they had last year, especially on defense. Well, last year on offense, Eli was ranked number seven, or the Giants were ranked number seven in passing. Uh, Scoring, they were six. Rushing, they were middle of the pack at eighteen. Uh, but on defense, they were terrible. They were last against the pass, 24th versus the run, and people could score on them like nobody's business. They were 30th uh, against scoring, allowing 27.6 points per game. I don't see that big of an improvement on the defensive side of the ball. I really don't. You know, um, they get Eli Apple out of Ohio State. 
yeah, he's six one, but is he going to be that impact player? I, I don't think they should have got him with their first pick. Early don't. Then they get a strong safety out of Boise, you know, in the third round, Darren Thompson. Uh, 6'2", 208 pounds. Got it. But when your running back's coming downhill, and this is supposed to be a strong safety because Collins is a free safety. No, no, excuse me. Collins is a strong safety. I do apologize. So this guy is supposed to be a free safety. Uh, 208 isn't bad, but I outweigh him right now. You know, and of course I'm older and all this other but it is what it is. Just, I think the Giants are going to have a tough go at it, a real tough go at it. But let's talk about their schedule right now. Since you think they're going to make a run for the division title, um, I see the bottom half, even though they play the same people that Dallas plays, it's, as you say, Jerry, when you play them. And I think mm-hmm. their second half of the schedule is a little bit more uh, rough than that of anybody else's in the East. So here we go. Of well, course, I'll they open with up. That. And, and, and I disagree with that, but uh, and if you look at uh, when we go down the schedule here, we we, we can uh, debate that. Okay. They start off the season on the road at Dallas. Lost. Then they host New Orleans. Win. Host Washington. Win. Possibly. At Minnesota on a Monday night. Loss. At Green Bay. Loss. Home for Baltimore. Win. They go to, well, they go to London to take on the Rams, who are the home team. Well, this can be, this can go Either way, really, because of, because of the um, I guess the superior defense that the Rams have, um, but I'm I'm going to give them a win. So, so the first seven games, they win four out of the first seven. Okay, I, I disagree a little bit with that. I think they win three of the seven, um, but we'll keep going. They get a bye week, week eight, right. which isn't bad. It isn't right bad because it's mid, right middle. yeah, right in the middle of the season. But it also depends on their running game and if Victor Cruz shows up, as we both think he will. So then they come back on November 6th and host Philly. Win. Stay home, have a Monday night game against Cincinnati. Loss. Uh, Chicago, again at home, three straight Win. games at home. Win. Win. At Cleveland. Win. I know you believe Pittsburgh is going to win, so I'm going to flip over that because I think you have Pittsburgh going 16-0 and 0 this year. Uh, no, no, I don't. But, and then, but, 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 but. We'll get They're to not going to be Pittsburgh. We're going to get to They're not going to be Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Okay. So. Okay. Uh, especially in December. I don't think so. They're not built for that. Uh, then they host Dallas. And Detroit. They win both those games. Well, I, let me go to Detroit. Uh, the reason why I want to ask about Detroit or talk about Detroit is this. They are 
Megatronless. And when we talk about the NFC North, you know, that's going to be a topic of discussion for me because I'm thinking, hmm, they're not going to be that good. But then I also realize that Matthew Stafford's in a contract year. And if he does well without Megatron, they're going to pay him. They're going to pay him a lot. But I think he's not going to do that. So I think that's a that game right there versus Dallas. I mean, not Dallas versus New York is going to be, you know, uh, a make or break type game for both to decide where they go in the future. That, to me, that's that's what it is. But I, I think Detroit's going to eat that out. They're in the Middlelands, or excuse me, they're in MetLife for that game. I just think Detroit's going to eat it out. Good luck, good luck with that. I, I got to believe Detroit on the road in, in an out, outdoor environment in, in that late part of the season. Excuse me, ain't going to happen. I think Giants win. The that. reason why. I, the reason why I think it's going to work is because our running back from Detroit is not going to have thrombolitis. And I think there's going to be a shift from throwing the ball, what, 800 times to maybe 500 times is what's going to happen in, in Detroit. I think they're going to shift to a running team this year, but we'll talk about that. Once we get to the NFC North, we'll talk about that. Um, so, New York ends on the road two games. Uh, the first is a Thursday night game with Philly. Lose that. And they end in D.C. And they lose that. I can agree See, with that. I'm not, Overall, I'm not biased. I am not biased. I keep on telling you the same thing, and I'm proving myself because I'm giving you wins that you normally think I would, I would because of your thinking, that I would give – to the other team versus your team. <laughs> Listen, this has so, nothing to do with the skins at all. Oh, it has nothing to do with the skins. You think, you think I have a bias against your team. And, and and believe me, once we go through your team, you're definitely going to think I have a bias. But that's okay. I think the Giants will be <laughs> about 9-7. Because I think oh, in the NFC, a- when we get to your team, they have a murderer's row of games in the in uh, second half of this season. Murders row. They do. They do. But the Redskins are a second-half team. So okay. we'll, we'll, get to your, okay. we'll get to them in a minute. We'll get to them in a minute. But mm-hmm. with that being said, let's move on to a place where brotherly love is supposedly talked about, but rarely experienced. They kicked out Chip Kelly. So they had their lemonade already. I guess they collaborated with Beyonce. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. What will Doug Peterson's offense look like? Now, if you remember who Doug Peterson is, you know he likes to dink and dunk the ball. Far from a spread offense, but a hell of a lot different than the predecessor, that's for sure. Peterson is an Andy Reid disciple, and that means he'll use a version of the West Coast attack. His lineups may even feature a gap, a gasp, fullback. Peterson wants his quarterbacks to read their progressions, 
change plays at the line of scrimmage, and make protection decisions. The pace won't be nearly as fast as it was under Chip Kelly, and the goal is not to beat the opponent with speed, but with execution. Now, this is a question that I think everybody's asking and everybody knows the answer to. Will Sam Bradford play enough this year to warrant fantasy consideration? All reports are that Jared Goff is not, is not, I mean, excuse me, Carson Wentz is not showing um, that he's ready to start. He has some good days, some bad days. But after whining and hiding following the news of the Eagles trade up in the second spot and the draft, Bradford returned to the fold in early May and pledged to be a loyal soldier. He'll likely give the, more, the majority of snaps under center and barring injury or a team-wide collapse. That takes the birds off of contention and leads to Peterson's um, deciding to give Carson Wentz an opportunity early than planned. Bradford will be the main man this year. How will the backfield situation shake up? And this is crazy, but it's going to be Ryan Matthews, in my opinion. After last year's disastrous DeMarco Murray experiment, it's Ryan Matthews' time to shine in the Eagles' backfield. He saw limited action last year and should be ready to be the lead runner, provided his injury uh, history doesn't continue into 2016. Matthew gained 1,255 yards 2013 with San Diego. So he has the potential to be a big producer. Veteran Darren Sprose is likely to be used as a change of pace, and many of his touches are likely to be through the passing game. I can agree with that assessment. 100%, I think Philly is going to be at the bottom of the division uh, because they're going to go through some growing pains. Now, Ryan Matthews is a very good running back. However, the offensive line is not designed to run the ball. They are designed to be quick, zone blocking, up and down the field. Now, of course, they're going to get taught how to be, you know, to, to, to run block and pass block back, like when they were in college. But I think it's going to be too early on in their uh, in Peterson's uh, career as the head coach to get them turned around so drastically on the offensive side of the ball. Here's one surprise, though. Last year, the defense was terrible. They're ranked 28 versus scoring, 32 versus the run, 28 versus the pass. I don't think that's going to happen at all this year. I think they're going to be a top 15, maybe even a top 10 defense. The reason why is because they're not going to be running. I mean, they're not going to be on the field for so long. That's why Philly's defense was so abysmal last year. Because they were on the field longer than the offense all season long. You know, and last year, Philly's offense was middle of the pack. 13th for scoring. 14th for running and 12th for passing. Third down percentage, smack dab in the middle at 15. You know, it, it's it's no wonder the defense was bad. I think that's going to change this year. But they're still going to lose because they have a bye week in week four, and that's not going to help Philly. But, uh, JT, what are your thoughts? 
Growing pains is exactly what you, you had said, and I think that's going to happen. They're going to have growing pains. Um, it's going to take to probably play better, maybe not equate to wins, but they'll probably play better in the second half of the season, even though they're by four. I'm saying around eight, uh, week nine, ten, and on. They'll probably play better, um, but uh, won't equate to wins. They're going to be going through growing pains because of the new offense and um, um, the role of the players in the new offense. Uh, so I I agree with you also that I think they're going to be the uh, bottom feeders in the division. Well, let's go over the record and yep. see what we come up with. Yep. So week one, this should be a very and interesting game because – well, can I even get it out? <laughs> this would be a very interesting Sorry. game because mm-hmm. uh, I think Hugh Jackson has something lined up for Philly. One, mm-hmm. Robert Griffin III has played Philly for the past four years or so. He's very familiar with their personnel on defense. But will Cade now or Robert Griffin III be the quarterback? I don't know. Um. So Cleveland in this, you're okay. picking Philly, but I'm picking Cleveland. Yep. I'm picking. Then they go. Uh, uh, Cle- go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you good. Monday night they go to Chicago. This is uh, a tough one. It can go either way, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and give them a win. But I no. can easily. See them losing this too. So, um, but I'm going to give I, them a win. I, I think they're going to lose it. Honestly, I really think they're going to lose it um, because Chicago is not going to be as bad um, as I think we both are going to have them when we talk about the NFC North. Um, but we'll see. I'm going to skip Week Three because I know you're going to say they're going to lose because they're playing Pittsburgh. Yep. Yep. <laughs> then they have the bye week, so which, yep. which is a killer for them. Week four is not a good place to have a bye. Um, nope. Not at all. Not at all. Nope. But they nope. they come back and it's road games. Uh, one in Detroit. Loss. Then they go to D.C. and play the Skins. Loss. Then they play home. Against Minnesota. This is tough. Loss. At Dallas. Loss. At the Giants. Loss. Home for Atlanta. You know, I know Atlanta's a high-powered offense, but they have a tendency to throw in clunkers on the road, and I'm giving them a win here against Atlanta at home. I disagree. I disagree. I think Atlanta wins that one. Um, but you never know, as you said, with Atlanta, because they're 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 changing their philosophy somewhat. Uh, then they go to Seattle, loss. Home for Green Bay on a Monday night, loss. Cincinnati, loss. Home for Washington, win. At Baltimore, loss. Thursday night game home um, 
for the Giants. Win. And then they end the season home with Dallas. I give them a loss. So it looks like they're going to be the lottery again. You have them going, what, 4-12? and 12? I'm sorry about that. I give them a win at, um, at home against Dallas. That, that's my... Uh, so I have them going, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. 6 and 10, 5 and 11, somewhere around there. I give them 4, 4 and 12. Four and twelve. I, I don't see them getting more than four games. I really don't. Mm-hmm. But you never know. You never, 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 know. never know. Never know. All right. Um, and we'll talk about the fantasy value and all that other stuff later on once we get mm-hmm. to it. But uh, right now, not worried about it. Let's move on to the team that runs the place, <laughs> and that's. My Washington Redskins. That's right. They're still the NFC East champions. And with a bye week in week nine, I think they can repeat. So good luck. Yes, they do have yes, they do have a tough challenge with the second half of their schedule. But tough is not the word. But tough is we'll just, not the word. It's okay. Here we go. I do not believe in Captain Kirk, but Captain Kirk might be the answer in this case. Can Kirk Cousins repeat as a top 10 fantasy quarterback, or has he already? I believe he's peaked. Fantasy owners aren't the only ones questioning whether Kirk Cousins' surprisingly prolific 2015 season and his first full year as a starter was the real thing on aberration. The Redskins themselves seem to be wondering exactly that, or else why not sign him to a long-term deal since that, since the price will only go up if he does it again. Hmm. That might be all the clue you need to wear of Kirk Cousins 2016. Here's, here's what I'm going to tell you. Kirk Cousins reminds me a lot of Joe Theismann. Really does. The only difference is Joe Theismann had John Riggins, Joe Jacoby. He had the Hogs, and he had uh, a set of wide receivers and tight ends that could play all day. Skins don't have that this year. They do not. Just going to be honest. And here's why. Is Matt Jones the clear-cut workhorse in the backfield, or will he share the load with someone else? When the Redskins failed to draft a running back early in the draft, that sealed it. Matt Jones would be the team's workhorse in 2016. Big and punishing, 2015 third-rounder cut into veteran Alfred Morris' playing time despite being hampered in the second half of the season by hip injury that required minor off-season surgery. Here's the deal with Matt Jones. I like Matt Jones. I really do. But he fumbles. And I understand he's, uh, you know, he was a rookie. But you can't put the ball on the ground but so many times and still keep your job. That That's the bottom line. Right? So I don't think he is the full 
on-set uh, starter, but there aren't many people that can get him. Like this Keith Marshall kid out of Georgia, that's a good pick. But at 211 pounds, excuse me, 219 pounds, at 5'11", he's a small guy. He's a small guy, but we'll see. Which Redskins wide receiver is the one to have on your fantasy team this season? That's easy. Not even receivers, they're tight end. It's Jordan Reed. But if you're going to pick a wide receiver, you probably want to pick Pierre Garçon. Just telling you, when looking at the Redskins wideouts, it is easy to be tempted to be a big potential of Deshaun Jackson, who has averaged nearly 20 yards per catch in Washington, or the steadiness of Pierre Garçon, who's played 16 games in four of the five seasons, averaging 73 catches and five TDs in that time. But both will turn 30 by the end of the season. The bold choice here is Jamison Crowder, who had 59 receptions as a rookie in 2015 and is only going to get better in the final game of 2015. He went for five catches, 109 yards, and a touchdown despite Dallas's chances but this, uh, excuse me, against Dallas. Chances are Kirk Cousins hasn't forgotten that. Here's the thing, though. Jameson Crowder has now got to deal with a, a young, strong, and up-and-coming receiver in Josh Dotson. 6'2", 202. The kid is off the charts. He might be the slot guy. Or he might be playing outside and move uh, Deshaun on the inside. I just think that that's a possibility, and that's going to cut into Crowder's time. Crowder's a good receiver. Don't get me wrong. The young man came on and performed very well. But I don't think he's going to be as productive this year because of the top four pass-receiving uh, threats the Redskins have. One is not even a receiver. Number one is the tight end, Jordan Reed. That's who Kurt likes to throw the ball to because he can't get the ball down the field too much. I'm just telling you, that's what I think. Um, also, with this schedule, first part's going to be up and down, and then second half, I think you have two or three tough games. Honestly. Come on. You're not being realistic, but that's okay. I understand it's your team, but you're not being realistic. You look at what those teams oh, are, not being realistic. Not well, at all. Well, here we go. Whatever. Here we go. Here we go. Let's go, let's go down the list. Uh, well, I already know what you think. Monday night against Pittsburgh. That's a loss. Whatever. You already said they'll beat Dallas. Yep. Uh, at the Giants. Loss. Cleveland. Win. At Baltimore. Loss. Disagree. I can go either way. I think it's going to be a loss. I think it can go either way, but I'm giving them a loss because they're on the road. So that, that's the reason why. Dude, it's up the street. Literally up the street. I don't think it's going to be a loss, still, but okay. It's still on the road. It's still on the road. Regardless of what okay. – I understand what you're saying. Uh, they host Philly. Win. They go to Detroit. 
This is tough, man. This is real tough. But I know it's on the road. Um, I really don't have too much faith in Detroit. I got to see how they play. But I give them a win at Detroit. Okay. Now, here's a game I'm tossed up about because we have to go to London. And I think it's the first game since Steve Spurrier came in and was a head coach where they went overseas to play a game. And I believe uh, that was when they, you know, when they went to uh, Japan and played a game Mm -hmm. in the preseason, but they're going to go play Cincinnati uh, in London. So I don't know about that one, but what do you think? It plays when you play them and when do they play them after a road game at Detroit. And this is overseas away game at Cincinnati. I mean, at in London. So I give them a loss. I'm a loss. That, I can I can probably agree with that because I don't know how they're going to perform uh, after that, but we'll see. They have a bye week, week nine, which is very good for them because uh, they become a very strong. Well, yeah, yeah, they yeah. are going to need. It. That's where it gets real, real, real ugly, real ugly. I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. But you're not being realistic. Yes, I am. Because they play, have is where you play them, and this is almost a perfect scenario of what I'm talking about. Okay, now I agree with the where you play them because they have three straight road games, but they come back off of the bye with two straight home games, uh, mm-hmm. one versus Minnesota. That's a, that's a win. I'm a, I'm giving them a win against Minnesota because it's, off, it's off of a bye. And they're going to have a long bye week because of the game against London. So they're going to have a, a sufficient enough time to rest up, heal up, uh, and um, prepare for Minnesota. So I give them a win at home against Minnesota. A win? I mean, well, I'm going to give them a win versus Green Bay. But Ain't no home way. versus no, no way. Come on, man. Well, you're not home. being realistic. You're not, yeah, you're yeah. not being realistic. Listen, listen, game. listen. Julius Peppers is going to be probably suspended, I believe. No way. They've already uh, – If, if, if. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, as we see him right now, Green Bay is a better team regardless if they're on the road at home. And they're not going to beat I, Green Bay, even though listen, it's being played in Washington. You're not being realistic. Green, yes, I am. Green Bay's defense is not that good at all. Not okay. not as good as, 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 as you okay. think. Um, okay. Now, Jordy Nelson will be back which will help. Randall yep. Cobb will also be there. Now, this yep. also Eddie Lacy is. How is Eddie Lacy this late in the season? That will be the, the big, you know, question mark. Um, but we'll see. Then Thanksgiving at Dallas. Loss at uh, Dallas. I can't. I disagree with that. But home. Of course, this is, this is the Washington Redskins fan talking. No, no, no. no. Listen, Dallas, this, Dallas plays very well at, on, in, on Thanksgiving and especially at home. That's a loss, no, I man. I, I, come, come on. I, I can agree that Dallas will play hard. I can agree with that. I really can. But I will not agree that they'll be. You're not being, no. You're not being realistic. You're not really being realistic because I, I can see him losing to Green Bay. I can see him losing at Dallas. I definitely can see him losing a uh, second game on the road against Arizona. I, and I come back 
again on the road against a division rival. I can see him losing against Philly. I didn't even and then get after, to at, at home against Carolina. I can see him losing that. So they're going to have a string of at least three or four games losing. At least three or four games of losing. I, I can real see ugly. them. No, I can see them losing at Arizona. I got that. Now they go to Philly. Wow. Come on, they go to Philly. They lose. They lose. It's a division you rival. They won. One. They won against Philly, I, I told, just told you. One of the things I like to do, unless it's a completely overwhelming team, is have division rivals split. They won against Philly at home. They go to Philly, they lose. Okay, now this is going to be the Josh Norman Bowl. Monday night, home for the Carolina Panthers, who, uh... <laughs> no! Nope. Come nope. on, man. Nope. Come on. Stop! I'm gonna break. I'm gonna break that down. Listen. Come on. I'm gonna. You are not being realistic. Come on. Yes, I am. I'm about to break it down. They lose against Carolina. Carolina is going to run the ball and throw where they like to. Trust me. Trust me when I say this. I'm trying to tell you why they're going to beat Carolina. That day, Greg Olson is going to have a very good day. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Josh Norman one on one with Kelvin Benjamin. Okay, that's okay. We're gonna call that a push. We'll call that a push. Then you have uh, uh, Greg Olson against the linebacking core slash strong safeties of the Skins. Okay, that I'll give that to Greg. Then you have uh, who? Uh, Philly Brown or or that's a better run defense. Oh, I agree. I agree that, that Carolina has a better run defense. However, their secondary is going to be susceptible. Why? Roman, uh, Roman's gone. He, he went back to New Orleans. Uh, Josh Norman is on the skins side. So you take off half of that field of defense of the secondary, and they're going to be susceptible to the pass. Running the ball, I agree with you. I agree with you 110%. Running the ball is going to be tough sledding. Passing the ball, I think it's going to be easier because pass secondary. Carolina's Listen. pass rush is going to get the best of Kirk Cousins. Guarantee it. No. You're going to get the best no. of Kirk Cousins. You're going to get the best of Kirk Cousins. Guarantee it. They're going to give him so much pressure, and he's going to try to dump it off to Matt Jones or to Jordan Reed, and that's going to be problems. Listen, Trust me. Okay, so Coochley. So they, they have very athletic. Carolina has very athletic linebackers that can cover. And, no, and, and I agree. Besides, besides rush, to, rush to passers. So if those linebackers are that versatile, Kirk Cousins is going to have issues. Obviously. Listen, that, that's why the game plan is to isolate either Davis or Coochley on Jordan Reed. Now listen, Jordan Reed is 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 a tall tight end. He he's pretty much a wide receiver. He's a wide receiver in a tight end's body. I agree. Now, Coochley, Coochley can cover Gronk. Coochley because Gronk is a very big lumbering guy. He's not as athletic as as Reed is. So if you're gonna put Coochley on Jordan Reed, 
if Jordan gets off the line of scrimmage and gets into his route, he's going to beat Coochley all day. There's Who's yeah. a strong safety? Roman Harper is gone, as I said. Roman Harper might yeah. be old, but Roman Harper mm-hmm. could cover. I don't think the new mm-hmm. one will be able to do that. But okay. let's move on. We got we have two more games, two more. So a Saturday game at Chicago. I think they win that. And they finish the season with hosting the Giants. I think they win that. I'm being. I'm trying to be realistic and fair here. And, and okay. I, I, I can see the way you're going here. And I, and I give. I am you. being realistic and fair. Okay, tell me what 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 record do you do you see your uh, skins having? I give him I give him ten and six. <laughs> ten and six. Come on, man! What, what are you Stop. Stop. They can be. They'll be ten and six. They're going to they're the they're going to have a rough, extremely rough second half of the season after their bye week, and I see them out of the. Uh, Eight games that they play, if they win, I see them winning three games. If they win four games, then they'll, they'll, they'll hit eight and eight. But I don't see them any, winning what? any more than the most four games. I don't – in the, sec, the, the, the last what? half of the season, from Minnesota until the last game in New York Giants, I see them winning uh, the max of four games. The max of four games. They okay. won't go five so- and Definitely won't so go six and two. Not against these teams. We asking. got one. Wait a minute. We got one, two, three, four. Four teams out of the eight. So half their teams are playoff teams. Playoff teams. One Minnesota won a division. Okay. Green Bay. Green Bay is, a, is, is an extremely good team. Arizona and and they play Arizona in Arizona and they play uh, two. NFC North teams back to back. That one, 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 one. I think I forget what uh, uh, the Minnesota one. Where they won eleven games and Green Bay won ten. And you think they're going to beat uh, uh, both of them? There's no way they went. I'm giving them a win against Minnesota. And okay, easily lose. Jerry. Easily lose that. Uh, Jerry, I, I, I'm not interested in what you're saying there. I'm interested in what your overall record for them is going to be. Seven and nine, that's my Seven overall record. Exactly, because they're, okay. they're, they're, they're so, so let's part. Listen, it's, it's a killer. That's fine. It's a killer. And they're a second half. They're a second half team anyway. So here's my question to you. Yeah, okay. Are you? Are you, you? You know what I'm asking. You already know no. what I'm gonna ask. No, I'm hey, not gonna bet you? on anything. No. no. See, there you go. There you no. go. Then, then. You're no. you're definitely not confident in that. I'm confident that they're going to be better than seven and nine. They're going to be better than seven and nine. They I, might. I said seven, nine, eight, and eight. They're not going to get any better than that. They're definitely not dude, going to get any better, better than eight and eight. Definitely okay, not. Again, again, what are you? I smell. You know, Benjamins. That's what well, I. Let me smell. ask you. Something. Let me ask you something. You give me what you think they're going to be, and we go from there. I already told you what I thought they would be. I already told you that. Ten and and six? Ten and six. I think they'll be ten and six, but you said seven and nine. So, you know, that's that's a ways off. That's that's a three-game swing there. 
That's right. You know, so, you, so you how think, do we put a happy medium in here? Because I I'm, mean, I'm, listen. Seven, what? Eight and eight's a push. Seven and no, nine. Eight, eight's not a push. Eight, eight, yes, I it is. I said seven and nine, eight and eight. I said seven and nine, eight and eight. You said ten and six. Listen. Yeah, ten and six, nine and seven is is in between. So there, eight and eight is the common ground. Eight and eight is the common ground. So that's a push. I'm not... So you're saying there's going to be ten? You say you're going to say be, be, there'll be ten and seven. I mean, ten and six or nine and seven. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Yes. And, and you're saying and seven I'm... and nine. And eight and eight's a push. That's what exactly. You got it. Eight and eight's to push. Nobody wins an eight yep. and eight. Correct. You got it. You got it. Ladies and ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're hearing it right here on for me, July third, for Jerry, July second. Independence Day has come early and I plan to celebrate. Woo, woo, woo. You know it. You're going to be disappointed in your team. Trust me when I tell you no. this. I understand, I, I understand Kirk Cousin uh, and people like him. I know you don't like him, um, but uh, the formula for, for getting the best of per, uh, Kirk Cousins is to put constant it's pressure to run on the ball. Well, listen, the best way to get the best out of Kirk Cousins is to have a sustainable, strong running game. And I can see versus the run for these teams that they're going to – they're, they're going to play, they're going to be able to run the ball. They're going to be able to run the ball. And if you can run the ball, play action is Kirk Cousins' best friend because then he's not worried about a safety coming over the top to stop Deshaun Jackson. He's not worried about a safety coming down to uh, help cover on Jordan Reed. You also forget Pierre Garçon is going to be their middle guy. Listen, I'm telling you, and the defense, it, it, the defense it, it, is Kirk, is better. Let me ask you something here. Did Kirk Cousins play every game last last year? Yeah, he did, and he was he was I didn't he was subpar in my opinion. Did he play every game last year? That's what that's, that's say, the question I want to ask. He did. He I did, said, right? yes, he did. So yes, means, he did. That means he played, he played what seventeen games, including a um a playoff game. That is correct. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's that's seventeen games worth of game tape. The first year Kirk Cousins played the whole season. Yeah. Trust me, and Kirk Cousins will not be what he was last year. Won't I hope be not. What he I, hope, was. I hope he's better he's be, because he's not going. To, listen, he's not going to be better. They, last year he they, had a, he had a defenses defenses have game tape for a whole season on what Kirk Cousins' weaknesses are and his strengths are. And trust me when I tell you this, that he's going to get, in my opinion, maybe not every game, but he's going to get exposed in a lot of games uh, what Kirk Cousins really is. And it's going to equate to less than uh, um, 500. It's right around the wheelhouse where I'm thinking that the the, uh, Redskins are going to be, but um, I think they're going to be – Eight and eight, seven and nine. So I'm saying seven and nine, eight and eight is going to be pushed. You telling me ten and six, which is a no way. I think that's going to happen. And maybe maybe nine and seven, which I can see getting a, maybe a fluke game to, to push them over a couple of games over five hundred. So eight and eight's a good push. Again, last year Kirk Cousins 
and I thought he had a subpar year. 4,166 yards, 29 touchdowns, and here's his lacking point, 11 interceptions on 543 attempts. And they were ranked number 11 in the past. Where they will improve, and I believe it's going to happen because the offensive line has gotten better, is in the running game. Last year, they were ranked 20th. This year, I think they'll be top 10 running team. That's going to help him. They were 10th in scoring. Okay? So, I think it's going to get better. Now, last year, versus the run and pass, the defense, 26th versus the run, 25th versus the pass. I believe moving D'Angelo Hall to free safety, Josh Norman in the left corner, they have a couple of decent guys, Rashard Breeland being one of them, uh, to play right corner. Uh, the rookie safety, the kid out of Clemson, uh, excuse me, USC, who uh, Sua Cravens, or even, or even, old boy out of, uh, oh my goodness, uh, Virginia Tech. 25th, 26th in overall defense. You're going to think they're going to make that uh, that that big yes. a, a jump. That big yes. a jump. Listen to me. Really? Really? They spent, most, they spent most of their draft picks on defensive players. And these okay. draft picks are no slouches. What I'm telling you is okay. the Fuller, Kendall Fuller is going to challenge for a position. He might be the mm-hmm. nickel or, or the dime cornerback, right? Uh, so are Cravens. I'm, I'm but but, but most most teams that are on the bottom bottom part of uh, uh, total defense don't make a, a, a big move. Um, most teams don't make a big move the following year. It's a progression, and I, I can't funny. see it. That, that, That's I, fine. I, I, but, I can't. but I think it's going to happen mainly because their linebacking core, even though they lost Keenan Robinson. Even though they lost him, Will Compton stepped in, did a good job. Riley did a good job. But you got uh, Will Compton and you have Ryan Kerrigan on the outside. <laughs> Excuse me. Tractor trailer, he's gone. He went to um, to New England. He was on a one-year contract anyway. He wasn't the impact player that we thought he was going to be. Uh, but I believe the front seven will bone up. Because the back four will be ball hawking uh, cornerbacks. They're they're not going to hit you so hard that you're going to drop the ball. They're going to be in position to play the ball. So I'm telling you, having Josh Norman and D'Angelo Hall cutting off one half of the field, the passing attack is going to be somewhat mute for uh, the opposition. The running game for the opposition is going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But uh, I do see them repeating as the champions of the East. I believe it's going to be them, followed closely by Dallas. Can I finish? Followed closely by Dallas, because I think Dallas is going to end up 9-7, 10-6. So it's going to come down to their final game or, or the final two games of the season. That's why I think Philly is going to beat Dallas the last game of the season, giving the Skins the division title because it's going to be a tiebreaker uh, of some sort, in my opinion. Uh, 
but I do believe both teams make the playoffs. Uh, Skins will be the division winner, and Dallas will be the runner-up, or vice versa. It, uh, it, it can be either way, but I do believe both teams make it out of the East this year. Um, and it's going to be tough, no doubt, but I do believe Washington pulls it off. So, with that being said, we got four minutes left of live air, and I know I've stunned you a little bit. You're a little upset. You want to question me? You want to talk about it? You want to pillow the cry on? Wee, wee, wee. What, what do you got about? planned for me? What are you talking, what are you talking about? Well, do I, because, do I you know, because, you, you know, you're, you're hating on my skins. And I, see, you're only hating see, I told you. No, no, no. I told you. <laughs> I told you. I told you I was uh, being fair and impartial, and but you, you, you fail to believe it. Um, Just like Donald Trump isn't a racist. Got it. Come on, now, you know you. Why you want to go there, yeah. man, Victor? Come on. Come, on. Come on. Okay. All right. Come all right. On. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. So, what you got planned for tomorrow on the master plan at 10 a.m.? Uh, I'm talking about um, my fantasy football team. I mean, basketball, baseball team, and uh, my. Um, possibility of uh, pulling this one off this week off. <laughs> Listen, I understand where you're coming from. I, I've been there. I think we're going to end up either tying or it's going to be a one-point differential either way. Either one point for you, one point for me. Uh, but the fact will remain that I'll be either fourth or fifth and you will remain seventh or eighth. So, well, you, you know, you're right about that. You are absolutely right about that because because uh, the, the in fact I, I maybe even get passed uh, because uh, uh, what's what's taking place with uh, the, the team that's just below me. He's kicking whoever he's playing, but so I may get passed and maybe get pushed from seventh to, to eighth. Um, you're going to maintain where you're at. Because you have a, a twenty point lead on me, but it is just a, it's like I said, it's not one in one week. It's it's a it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So it's not how how you start. It's how you finish. But um, push comes to shove. It looks like I may avenge the prior uh, season <laughs> loss. And, Beat uh, down I gave that's, you. That's that's all the uh, satisfaction that I want. <laughs> <laughs> but see, I beat you down. No, no, I beat you down. That's you, you might loss. win. That's one point or ten points. It doesn't make a difference. A loss is a loss. It doesn't make a difference. I keep okay. telling you that. It doesn't make a difference. A loss is a loss. And if I if I avenge the loss, then we move on and and see what happens next week. So that's all I can say. <laughs> you know, I got love for you, right, Jerry? I got love for you, baby. All mm-hmm. right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I want to thank my co-host, JCATM Money. Please check him out tomorrow on The Master Plan, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll be back next week when we discuss, do you want the NFC, I mean, excuse me, the AFC North or the AFC West? Which one do you want? I'll um, let you choose. 
AFC West. We go there. All right. We got the AFC West. Next week, we're going to assess, discuss the Broncos, the Chiefs, the Raiders, and did we talk about them already? I thought we talked about them. Maybe not. Maybe not, because I know we didn't talk about the NFC West yet. Um, and them charges. I could have sworn we talked about them already. Didn't we? Yeah, we, Jerry. yeah I think we did. Yeah, I think we did. we did. But we didn't talk about the NFC West. So we got to, we, we got to talk about the NFC West. We got to talk about the NFC West then. Because I'm trying to keep it, uh, you know, West, West, East, East, and all that. Mm-hmm. So we got to talk about the, the NFC the NFC West next week, okay? That's what we're going to do. Stick it with me, it's your boy, Mr. FSP, along with my man, JT. Uh, last parting shots, JT. Got anything? No, that's about it for now. All right. We'll be here. Same bat time, same bat channel. Thank you, my brother. And happy Independence Day to you. Same to you. All right. Take care. We're out. Fantasy sports and politics. You want to talk back? You in the right place. So take a step back before I get all up in your face. I know you got your little views, you know I got mine. But there's like 50 other dudes holding on the phone line. Your voice will be heard, sir. Next caller, please. And if I don't concur, we can agree to disagree. We're talking fantasy, sports, and politics.